Welcome to Front Office Pros. We are here to catch you up on all the latest news and signings and trades that have taken place since the weekend. Joe, let's start reacting. Hut, hut, hike! Wide receiver Elijah Moore was traded to the Cleveland Browns, formerly of the New York Jets. The Cleveland Browns traded a second-round pick, uh, and then in return, uh, they received Elijah Moore and pick 74, which is a third-round pick. So essentially, the Jets are moving up from pick 74 to pick 42 in the draft, and the Cleveland Browns now have wide receiver Elijah Moore. Joe, what is your reaction to this news? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love this trade for Elijah Moore, Steve. This guy has been, you know, shown that he's a very talented receiver in this league, but then for whatever reason, the Jets have just stopped using him. You know, they got their new toy in Garrett Wilson. Um, we've seen them bring in guys like McCole Hardman now in New York, Alan Lazard. And I love that he's getting away from New York and getting a new opportunity with the Browns. The Browns have been rumored to be involved in, you know, a Jerry Judy type trade from the Broncos. And, you know, they didn't end up wanting to give up what the Broncos were asking for. So they pivot to Elijah Moore. And this is great for his fantasy stock. And Joe breathes a sigh of relief that Jerry Judy saves the Bronco another day. Yeah, yes, we'll see because I'm hearing rumors that the Patriots are still in on him. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, as far as Elijah Moore goes, I'm with you. I felt like Elijah Moore was in Siberia. He, he was not getting any snaps in that offense. He had that scuffle with, uh, <clears throat> you know, his head coach. And after that, it seemed like, you know, he was, I felt like he was excused from the team or he was, you know, not in the team's plans. Then they said, we have no plans to trade him. Uh, And then he really never got that opportunity again. He's a very talented player, come out of Ole Miss, second round pick. You know, he, some in that draft thought that he was a first round caliber receiver. The problem is he's more of a shorter receiver. Uh, you know, kind of more of a slot type of player. Now going into the Cleveland offense where I'm with you, I think it's a great spot for him. Is it the best spot for him? I'm not so sure, but I'll tell you what, it seems like the Cleveland Browns offense uh, with Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson now having a full training camp that he'll be able to go through. It seems like they're going to transition this offense from a run heavy team to more of a pass heavy team with Watson take you know giving him a lot of attempts. Yeah, definitely and I mean uh you know really the guys that come to mind from wide receiver and the with the Browns, I mean you got Donovan People Jones, they have uh you know Bell on their roster as well who they drafted and Anthony Schwartz who they don't really even use. So, you know, he goes from a crowded offense to not using them to an offense that could really utilize him and really use a guy with that skill set. They don't. They didn't really have a shifty, speedy guy to be used in like the slot or anything. And he, I think he's going to fit in perfect, especially if they're going to more of that passing offense, which I think they could be because I don't think they're going to bring back Kareem Hunt either. Right. I mean, so they've got Nick Chubb, and they're not going to bring back Kareem Hunt. They're not. You know, Dearness Johnson is no longer an option for them. So they really only have Jerome Ford on the roster, who is a former fifth-round pick out of Cincinnati. I know uh, some really like him. Now, Browns could draft another running back. This is a really, really deep class. But they already don't have a first-round pick, and they just traded their second-round pick 
to inquire more. So now they're dropping down to the third. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a great fit. And I'll tell you what, though, I think this David Bell stock is completely crashing down. <laughs> if it had any life before, it's gone now because I think now the offense is Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, Elijah Moore on the slot, and then you got David Njoku. And after that, I think, you know, Bell, the hope was that Bell could have the role that Moore has, but he's just not as shifty. Uh, as more and that's why they wanted to make this move yeah definitely i mean i i agree with you i even forgot about mark cooper being on that roster uh which you know really opens things up for the middle of the field for elijah Moore. but yeah david david bellstock is really going down he was a guy that everyone is kind of keeping their eye on last year um coming out of the draft once the once the browns got him and he was you know making eye-popping plays in training camp It'll be interesting to see what the Browns end up doing with him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a, a rookie sleeper. He had a lot of college production, but his athletic testing numbers were really poor, and that's why he fell as far as he did. And, you know, people thought that he could really have a good chance, but <clears throat> now I don't think so. Uh, you know, but Amari Cooper, this isn't going to affect him at all. His stock is going to be just as good as it was, if not better, because now you've got another threat in Elijah Moore. Uh, to take pressure off Cooper at this point. Do you think it helps Deshaun Watson at all? Yeah, I think it will, because I, I think part of the problem with Deshaun Watson, other than like he was obviously rusty from not playing football and his accuracy was off, but I think a lot of it was, uh, I feel like outside of Amari Cooper, the Browns didn't really have anyone that could really get open. Like Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't really a speed guy. He's just a bigger body that's going to make those contested catches. Like you said, you know, Bell's athletic score wasn't that. He's not that shifty guy. Well, that's exactly what Elijah Moore is. And then I feel like you can just hit this guy on a quick slant and he's going to make some big plays for you. So I definitely think it'll help uh, Deshaun Watson for sure. As far as the Jets side, you think, I guess they're now rolling with Alan Lazard as the number two in that offense with Garrett Wilson, the number one. And then the number three is McCall Hardman essentially taking the place of Elijah Moore because they also have Corey Davis who I think they're going to cut and then they have Denzel Mims who another former you know high draft pick that really hasn't panned out for them he's been used and not been used so you know what do you think happens with that wide receiver room yeah well and then the reports are uh you know they're still not out of the convert after even after making this trade um and getting bringing in McCall Hardman they're still involved in the Odell Beckham sweepstakes is the latest rumor. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I, I mean, for, as of right now, uh, Hardman looks to take over Elijah Moore's role as like the third guy. And then um, I agree with you. Davis is probably going to get cut here. Guy who's just, you know, been productive when healthy, but doesn't stay on the field long enough. And then, you know, Denzel Mims, I don't really know what his role is. And he's had a mixed role in years past, as you mentioned as well. On the Jets end, I can't. I I really don't like this deal. Elijah Moore is a really talented player. How do you not find a way to maximize his talent? He was a former second round pick, and you effectively swap second and third round picks. You move. You know, I don't know how many points that ends up being in the in the draft trade chart uh, for rookie picks, but I just feel like I don't know. I mean, I think yes, they failed him and and now they're basically selling him pennies on a dollar. And I just think he's a talented player and I just think it's a bad move on their part. 
It is, and he is a really talented player, but I guess if you're not going to use him, you might as well get something for him. I just never could wrap my hand around the idea of why aren't they using this guy? You know, he had the year before, uh, you know, once Mike White kind of got in there the year before, he really started to break out at the end of the year. And then last year, he just, you know, everyone's expecting big things off of kind of how the end of the year went for him in his rookie year. And then they just don't use him. And that's when he got disgruntled. So I think it's best, you know, it, even though he's a talented player, I think it's best for them to just part ways and look for him to have a great year with the Browns. So catching up on the rest of the deals that have happened uh, since our last video, uh, if you haven't watched our other videos, definitely encourage you to do so. We'll be talking about the offensive group first. Tight end Austin Hooper signed with the Las Vegas Raiders for one year uh, to a max of $3.5 million. McCole Hardman, we talked about him some just recently. Uh, he signed with the New York Jets on a one-year Max of $6.5 million. Dearness Johnson, the former Cleveland Brown, a couple of guys we've been talking about here, he's signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars on a one-year deal. Running back Ronald Jones uh, is uh, signing with the Dallas Cowboys on a one-year $1.2 million deal. And then wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie is signing with the Indianapolis Colts on a one-year deal. Joe, what is your reaction uh, to these group of guys? Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's truly a bummer that Austin Hooper had to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, knew it was a possibility because literally as soon as they signed O.J. Howard, they also said they were going to be bringing in Hooper for a visit. I was really hoping that they wouldn't end up signing him, but here they are and they did it. And, you know, I don't know which, it, you know, how to evaluate these tight ends for fantasy. I'm probably just going to avoid both of them. Maybe you just take a flyer late on Howard and hope his talent and finally, you know, with his, his physical ability, maybe he shines through, but not really sure there. And then, you know, Dernus Johnson, he's a guy that I've I've liked. I like his running style. Um, interesting that he's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I think he could be a good one-two mix with ETN there. Yeah, Dernus Johnson has been a mainstay on your dynasty team, Joe. Yeah, I, I've always liked the guy. You know, I thought Cleveland should have used him a little more, but, um, you know, and then ultimately uh, <laughs> all, the, all of us Broncos fans are like, why didn't the Broncos get him? Because this guy completely torched us when they, the Browns on a Thursday nighter didn't have Baker Mayfield, had Case Keenum, didn't have Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. Dearness Johnson gets a start, and Broncos just could not stop him one bit. <laughs> I, I remember that game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was very iconic for Dearness Johnson. But as far as Austin Hooper goes, I'm with you. I don't like this. I think Austin Hooper has now he's now irrelevant, right? I mean, he had that really great year in Atlanta. Got you know went over to to Cleveland and really did nothing. And then he went to Tennessee, and then he was completely an afterthought. I definitely think he'll be more relevant with the Raiders than what he was last year because. You know, Darren Waller's not there anymore. Foster Moreau's not there anymore. So, you know, now it's him and O.J. Howard. I'm with you. O.J. Howard is way more intriguing. And, you know, for his sake, I hope that he wins out for the job. I just think he'll be a much more interesting player. But I wouldn't put past Josh McDaniels to sign, you know, drafting a tight end in this draft <laughs> and having a ton of tight ends because – he comes from the Belichick tree, and it seems like Belichick likes to have three or four tight ends. 
So it doesn't seem like it makes much sense. So I don't know what I don't know what the Raiders are doing, but that's another podcast for another <laughs> day. <clears throat> but um, you know, with Darius Johnson, I think he's a great. So let's talk about Darius Johnson and Ronald Jones. I think both are very interesting handcuffs, but I feel more confident in Johnson than I do Ronald Jones because I'm not so sure that the Cowboys don't draft a running back on top of it. Whereas the Jaguars, I think it might just be Dearness Johnson and Travis Etienne. They drafted that Snoop Connor. I don't really think he's in their plans, but I think you're right. I think Dearness Johnson could really be a nice one too. The question is how many carries does he end up getting and does it end up hurting ETN's value? Part of me is like slightly concerned that it may, I mean, it's a minimum deal. It really, it really shouldn't worry me at all, but a part of me is kind of like, I don't know. Peterson's never really, you know, given the rock and dedicated it to one running back. And even when he, when they did trade James Robinson, we're like, okay, here we go. And even then, ETN really, he didn't really show up. He showed up for like a few weeks when they were both there. And then James Robinson left. And then he was there and he was just okay. Yeah, I just, I think, I think with ETN, I don't know how much, you know, Tiernan Johnson really cut into his workload, but I, I think ETN and his size, I think he needs a complimentary back because I don't think he can handle the full workload just by himself. And I think, with him having a heavy workload, it limits his explosive plays and, and that ability. And I think the Jaguars really need that. You even saw like uh, once James Robinson left, they bring in Jamichael Hasty, formerly with the 49ers. And then Hasty even got a little action there as well. So I, I think Peterson definitely wants to one, two punch. And I think the Ernest Johnson could be a really good complimentary guy and take a little bit off the workload of ETN. So he can stay with those big explosive plays that he can create. What do you think of Ronald Jones going to the Cowboys? I don't, you know, Ronald Jones doesn't excite me at all. I mean, he was, you know, never really was that great um, with the with the Buccaneers, and then going to the Cowboys, and I, I don't know because I mean we didn't really get to see him play much with the Chiefs, so I don't really know what he's he's got left to offer. And then he's a guy that fumbles a lot, and I don't know if. Uh, the Cowboys will put up with that either because that's also what hurt him in Tampa Bay. You know, Bruce Arians didn't play around with the fumbles. He'd fumble and boop, come off the field and Fournette came in. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. The thing with Pollard is he's never had over 200 attempts in a, in a, a season. A, last year it was the closest, 193. I don't think he's the type of running back that you're going to see him get 200, 250-plus attempts. They're going to need somebody else to rotate in. But I'm not convinced that Ronald Jones is that guy. No, I I don't. I think I think like you said. I think Jerry's going to address that in the draft. I think Ronald Jones could just potentially be like a camp body at this point. See how he does, and you know if, if they think he could be a value on the team, they'll keep him around. But if not, you know they'll just let him go, or maybe sign him back to their practice squad or something. So as far as McCole Hardman goes, I don't know what to think about the guy. He showed flashes. He was in that high-powered Chiefs offense. Now he's going to the Jets, which, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. We expect that he'll be the quarterback <laughs> there yeah, so long as everything goes the way it's supposed to go. But 
I don't know. I, I don't I don't see I mean, do you think he's relevant? I mean, I see him maybe a wide receiver three at best, but I don't even know if he'll be at that. That's the ceiling, I think. Yeah, his his ceiling is definitely wide receiver three. I just don't think he's a type of guy that has like a high floor. Um so I, I agree with you. Even with Rodgers as quarterback, I wouldn't expect big things from him. I wonder if, you know, they bring him in because they need somebody for more of a special teams role. You know, he's shown that he could be a good kick and punt returner with the Chiefs and whatnot. Um, but with the with the talent they have on offense, I'm just not sure how heavily he'll be used and how relevant he will be, will be for fantasy. And then Isaiah McKenzie going to the Indianapolis Colts. I, you know, he was beloved in Buffalo. He's a, he's a great guy. You know, he's a great locker room presence. I wanted him to work, but there are so many instances where he just, you'd watch the game and he just drops the ball, drops the ball. I remember one, one game where it literally Josh Allen threw it right into his hands and the ball went into the other, he, he literally like provided the defense with an interception because of what, what happened. It was just like, we just can't have those plays. So I want him to be successful. That Indianapolis Colts offense is very interesting because they only have Michael Pittman, Alec, P- which has, was rumored to possibly get traded. You've got Alec Pierce, who they drafted, you know, last year, but now you got a new head coach, you know, in Steichen. Is he is that going to fit his offensive philosophy? And then after that, you have really nobody in that wide receiver room. So I, I don't is he relevant? think he could be. I think a lot of that is going to also come around to who's going to end up being the quarterback of this offense. You know, who they get in the draft. They, they you know, they, they signed Gardner Minshew. Is he going to be kind of that bridge quarterback or will he end up just being the backup? So I think quarterback will be play a big part. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, even in this Colts offense, you know, working out of the slot, I don't know exactly how relevant he'll be or how big for fantasy. I, you know, he might have it have his weeks, but this could also he's another guy. I wonder if it's a you know kind of a special teams move they like as well. So transitioning over to the defensive side of the ball, a lot of prove it deals, Joe. We're in that prove it deal season. But linebacker Denzel Perryman signed with the Houston Texans in a one year for a max of three and a half million. Anthony Walker re-signed with the Cleveland Browns on a one year deal. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow heading over to the Philadelphia Eagles. Defensive end Dante Fowler re-signing with the Cowboys on a one-year deal. Safety Jonathan Abram is signing with the New Orleans Saints uh, for a one-year deal. Uh, safety Bob McCain is going to the Giants on a one-year deal. Jalen Mills is re-signing with the Patriots on a one-year deal for a $6.1 million. LJ Collier, uh, formerly of the Seahawks, is now heading over to the Cardinals for a one-year deal. And then interestingly enough, the Texans bring in another linebacker, linebacker Corey Littleton, for a one-year $2.7 million deal. So, Joe, what is your thoughts uh, with this group of guys? Yeah, for starters, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. The Texans would uh, bring in a couple linebackers here. Um, I think stylistically they're a little different, though, and, you know, D'Amico Ryans is coming over from the 49ers, and they've always had an abundance of linebackers and you know, injuries happen. So it makes sense. But, um, you know, I really like the Denzel Perriman signing for them. He's a guy that plays really well downhill um, and is good with blitzing and playing against the run. So I see him as more of the first and second down type guy. And that's where maybe a Littleton comes in, uh, could come in and down on third down or, you know, in a nickel package and maybe plays a little more coverage. 
Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned with the Houston Texans defense because they drafted Christian Harris last year in the second round. Now, obviously, Casario is still there. D'Amico Ryans is the first-time head coach there, so we don't know if Christian Harris is going to fit the mold of what D'Amico Ryans wants in his linebackers. He formerly was a linebacker, so, I mean, he he's going to know what he wants out of that position. They also have Christian Kirksey still on a one. He has one year remaining, and now you're bringing in Perryman and Littleton. So there's a big there's a big bunch up there with those guys. You're right. The Niners they are notorious for having a ton of linebackers as well. So I don't know if all of them will make the team. If I had to guess, it's gonna. I think Harris and Perryman are the locks, and I think Littleton and Kirksey are probably. I don't know one or the other may make it. I don't know if both will make it honestly. Yeah, that could be. I mean, at this point, it, it you know, competition is great, you know, at any position. So, you know, that easily could be the case. And whoever, you know, make the guys earn their spots. And um, I think it would make sense if, you know, Kirksey or Littleton ultimately went by the wayside. Because I think, um, you know, Perriman is definitely going to be a, a good utilization guy. He had a really good year last year with the Las Vegas Raiders. And like you said, they're, I, I don't expect them to move away from Christian Harris, the guy they got in the second round last year. From an IDP standpoint, it's a headache though, because you really don't know which one, which guy is actually going to be the featured starter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a valid point. I guess like in, you know, for our league, uh, you could take some flyers on them and, Maybe they turn out to be your training camp cut, just like they the Texans would be doing. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> some other linebackers, you know, that signed the Nicholas Morrow one's really interesting to me. You know, he went to the Chicago Bears. He did okay, not that great, but why I'm interested in him is not because of necessarily the caliber of player he is. I mean, he's a fine player, but you saw Kaiser White left in free agency and TJ Edwards. So Eagles have a huge void at linebacker. They drafted Kobe Dean last year, never really sniffed the field. He was kind of almost like a redshirt year. I expect Dean to become a starter. I think he's going to have a really good year. But then maybe Morrow slides right in next one. But both White and TJ Edwards had really good years last year. So this might mean that Morrow could too as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a... You know, on this Philadelphia Eagles, not just on linebackers, man. They they lost a lot of players. There's a lot of snaps up for grab, and these guys are really productive. So I agree with you. I think uh, Morrow alongside Nicobe Dean. I mean, I think both of them could be in for good years because we kind of saw that with T.J. Edwards and Kazir White last year. Absolutely. And as far as the other guys are concerned, you know, Jonathan Abram. You know, he was a really interesting player, former first round pick of the Raiders. Fell out of favor once McDaniels came in. He was a Mayock Gruden guy. You know, people will probably remember him from Hard Knocks, and you know, just was not going to fit with McDaniels. Ended up getting cut, and then he kind of bounced around. Uh, you know, he went to Green Bay, he went to Seattle. He never really found his role. Now he goes to the Saints. I kind of doubt it that he's going to start because they already have Tyron Matthew and they've got Marcus May. So, and they drafted Alante Taylor too, who he's kind of like a corner safety combo. So maybe he's been reduced to a special teams player. So I don't really know if he's going to be all that relevant for the Saints or an IDP leagues. Um, you know, but when it comes to the other two other guys, Anthony Walker is actually been a really good linebacker for the Browns. Um, not a household name, um, but his season was cut short last year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, they got the, they got Jeremiah Wusukomo in there. 
Um, but he'll definitely be able to compete for a starting job with them. And then Fowler, he's, you know, he was okay with the Cowboys. I mean, um, he rotated, but, you know, you had other players, and you know, for them that did really well. Uh, obviously, you know, you've got Micah Parsons, <laughs> who, you know, is a, kind of a hybrid. He plays linebacker, but they put him at edge rusher almost extensively last year. They really used him in edge a lot. But then you've got the Marcus Lawrence already there. You have that Dorrance Armstrong who really came on last year. Again, not a household name, only 25 years old. He was a fourth-round pick in 2018. And he ended up having eight and a half sacks. He ended up having a really good year. And so Fowler kind of was, I feel like, overshadowed a little bit. I mean, he did end up getting six sacks, but he's still 28. He's still got some juice left, but I think – the excitement that once was when he was a first-round pick for the Jaguars and what he did with the Rams, I think those days are gone. Yeah, I agree with you for Dante Fowler. I, I mean, that that signing, him coming back to the Cowboys, you know, I, I think it is a decent situation for him just because he can be that rotational guy and they have other guys that can create pressure, and I think that helps him to for those guys to kind of take the pressure off of him. Um, I think that is, you know, good for good for him. But besides that, you know, and for dynasty for like IDP leagues, I just don't know what kind of value the guy has. You know, six sacks really doesn't help you from an edge rusher standpoint. But Jonathan Abram, though, you know, he's a really interesting player. I love his style. He just loves to hit people. He's, you know, flies all over the field. I I think the Saints, you know, should find some way to get him on the field, whether that's you know, maybe even making him a linebacker because I almost wonder, I almost think his style fits, could fit really well, you know, chasing guys sideline to sideline at the linebacker position because his coverage skills really aren't there for a safety. And, but I also don't disagree with you. He, at this point, I mean, he's kind of been all over the place uh, since leaving the Raiders. So he could just be deduced to a special teams player. But I think the Saints got to find a way to get this guy in the field just because he is so physical and is a really good tackler. Well, he's also had injury concerns as well. I think he didn't have a collarbone injury and some other injuries. He really hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, I think I think that's a just also because of the style he plays and how hard it, you know he plays the game and he just loves to hit people. That was part of the problem on Tard Knox. Is <laughs> John Gruden's like, man, you got to stop hitting our guy so hard. He just, but he's like, man, I just like to hit people. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a very vicious style. And yeah. one other name I didn't even mention was that Sam Williams that the the Cowboys drafted too. He was a we a former second round pick last year that uh, you know was for character concerns would have been regarded as a, a first round pick. So you know, be interesting to see how he develops as well. So that wraps up our reactions to all of the news that's happened since our last video. If you enjoyed this content, we ask you to please like this video so that others are able to see it as well. You can subscribe to our channel and go ahead and put a comment below. What did you think of the Elijah Moore trade? Do you think the Jets got the better end of the trade or do you think the Browns got the better end of the trade? Let us know. We are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so you can add us there as well. But thank you so much for watching and until next time.